The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. We got a great show for you today. We love here on the show being able to dialogue and have really important, respectful conversation and highlight incredible state leaders like today. Nate Miles is going to be with us on the program today. Longtime community leader, vice president for strategic initiatives for Eli Lilly and company. And he's been here a long time doing some incredible work over the years uh, in various capacities, both in the civic realm, faith, political realm, and we are going to have a great time. We want to tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good across our region and our state. We know that we're in a time right now that is incredibly divisive and toxic, and we're missing that idea of finding common ground that as humans, we oftentimes desire the same things, but how we get there is tripping us up. And right now in this time of history, we're seeing that more and more. How do we hold on to convictions and values that we have? Cause we all have them. How do we hold on to those and yet still be in relationship and friendship with people who look, think, act differently than us? That's, that is an important thing in our society right now. And I know our guest today on the show, Nate Miles, has been doing this for a long time. Community leader, civic leader, vice president for strategic initiatives for Eli Lilly. Nate Miles, welcome. Tim, great to be here with you. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. And I'm so glad you're joining us today. I've been looking forward to having you on. And you just, you know, when I think of, you know, leaders building the common good across our state, uh, you really are someone that comes to my mind who's been doing that for a long time. And I can't wait to just dive into uh, just the different uh, areas and the things that you see now um, over the course of your your life and your career and your service to our state. You know, where you see your, you know, ourselves at, where, where, where are we going, where we've been and how do we continue to move forward as a, as a flourishing society? So Perhaps we could just, Nate, start off. Uh, tell us a little bit just about your background. I mean, you're, you've are you been here in the area and in the state of Washington a number of years. I mean, tell us a little yeah. bit about your background. Oh, I, grew, I, I grew up here, uh, born here and, and raised. I grew up over in eastern Washington, over in Pasco, and uh, moved here uh, to go to school uh, and never left. Uh, this has just been, just been my home. I uh, went to the University of Washington and graduated at Mighty Husky and uh, just fell in love with the place. Um, kids graduated, two of them graduated from there. Uh, my daughter, Gabby, and my other daughter, Sophie, is getting ready to graduate in another week and a half. And uh, so it's just, we just became a Husky family, met my wife there, and it's just been beautiful. I just uh, love the Seattle area uh, and have made my home here. Yeah, and for now more than 30 years, Nate, you've been a force mm -hmm. in national health care, community, 
nonprofit sectors. Give us, give our listeners just kind of a, you know, a drive by, so to speak, of the different opportunities that you've had over the years to impact the common good here. Well, a lot of it has come in in philanthropic uh, uh, work that I've done in charitable in charitable work. Uh, I've served on the Urban League board on and off for probably mm, twenty years. I'm the chair a chair, uh, chairman of the board emeritus. Um, they found a place to kick me up to uh, <laughs> after serving after serving so long. Uh, I've been on the board of the University of Washington Foundation. I serve on that board. Um, the uh, Pacific Science Center board uh, is a, is another place with, that uh, that I've served. Um, I've won the Eddie Carlson Award, which is just uh, an award for citizenship here that was given out, and um, uh, which is probably one of the my prized uh, awards that I've been given. It um, talks about just being a good citizen here. Eddie Carlson, for those of you who may not know Eddie, um, uh, a guy who was very important in this area and was one of the key people who helped bring the World's Fair here, which many people attribute to putting Seattle on the map mm-hmm. when the World's Fair came here. And uh, Eddie Carlson, it was one of his, which was his baby, as well as Jim Ellis and a couple of other people who got together and did things like created Metro to clean up Puget Sound. And, um, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it was just an amazing night to win the award, uh, that night, um, the Eddie Carlson award. I, I, because I believe in this city, I believe in this region, I believe in helping people. Uh, and that's one of the things I do in my day-to-day job. Uh, is provide as much service as I can, putting together uh, uh, strategic alliances for Eli Lilly with community groups, as many as I can in uh, disease states that we might be involved with. So, Tim, if we have, like some of our uh, diabetes, for instance, um, we work with diabetes organizations and, and that sort of thing. So, um, because of that, uh, I've been um, fortunate to uh, work in an area that, that allows me to do so. Um, I've been involved with, um, just personally, um, involved with my church, with Mount Zion Baptist Church, who gets uh, engaged and has been around for the better part of 150, almost 150 years. I ran the... Um, uh, educational excellence program there, helping to get kids uh, uh, bikes and, and scholarships and, and uh, savings bonds to get them excited about going to school and wanting to participate in school. So, you know, just things as far down as that to um, my wife and I proudly in, uh, endowed a fellowship out at the University of Washington uh, through the uh, EOP program through the um, uh, as well as the business school. So we have two um, endowed programs out there so that kids who are coming along and having a tough time being able to afford going to school have a way to ha- get a little bit of money. It's not huge, but you know, sometimes those few dollars help a lot for mm-hmm. those of us who went to school and can use a little bit of help. It was something that we decided that we wanted to do to leave something and to pay a little bit forward 
because we were blessed uh, enough to do so. So we did that. And and very uh, happy about helping the Office of Minority Affairs uh, and the uh, business school at the University of Washington. That's incredible, Nate. Just so appreciate just the incredible work over the years. And I love, you know, your work there at Mount Zion. Doesn't Bruce Harrell, isn't he connected a little bit there or no? Yeah, no, he's at uh, uh, he regularly attends Mount Zion uh, when he uh, is out and campaigning and doing that sort of stuff and comes by. But I think he's technically a member of First AME Church and longtime member there at First AME Church. Yeah, got it. Bruce was on. We had Bruce on a couple weeks ago and and uh, we're was talking about and we'll get into this in a little bit. Nate, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's happening here in Seattle. I know you're. You're helping uh, Bruce, and you've been a great friend to him, and he talked about that, and we'll, mm-hmm. th- we'll dive into that. And we also, you know, I wanted to talk, Nate, you got your start in radio. You were with Cairo. I did. I did, and happy to, and happy to uh, say um, I got started. Uh, my first stint was, was with Como. And then uh, for about two years, and then I went over to Cairo, which kind of really um, um, put some uh, – well, started cooking with oil after I left Cairo. <laughs> um, it was uh, through their uh, county executive training program that uh, Bonneville Broadcasting started uh, way back in the day. I don't even want to date myself like going back that far, <laughs> but needless to say, it was just a great program. I got a chance to meet some amazing people over at Cairo. In fact, I just talked to a couple of them the other day and, and it was just because they're still around. Uh, it's that kind of a, uh, it's that kind of a place, you know, it's a, it was one of those family kind of places then, and they still have some of those people that are, you know, that are still around. Uh, and it was, it was just fun. I mean, it was a, it was a great place. Um, I got a chance to, um, see and, and know people that did, Everything from parades to um, uh, J, you know, the JP patches that people don't see around here. The clown JP patches was in the studio too. Um, you know, JP patches. Oh my JP goodness! Patches, How about that? I'm telling you. Oh yeah. When when we had Sea Fair that came to town, our covers that we would have, and you know, I just learned to do live remotes and 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 to get out, and then you know, not knowing that. You know, 15 years later, 20 years later, I would have a daughter who would be in the Seafair Parade, oh. you know, and, and so it was just, it was just one of those proud moments that I got a chance to watch her in the parade. But it was also one of those things that I'm sitting here telling my kids, OK, now watch this. This is how it's going to happen, because I knew after working at Cairo, how a parade is put together, you know, and how you do the coverage of it. So, right. Oh, it my was, goodness. It was, yeah, it was it was so it was it was good training. It was That's very good training. Nate Miles is with us, longtime state and community leader, vice president for strategic initiatives for Eli Lilly and company. Nate, let's talk about you've been you know, you've been in the state and the community for for a number of years and what are the things that, as you look back over the years, what what are what are the things that that stand out to you? That I'm sure you've seen, you know, trends 
I'm sure you've seen, you know, as a community, sometimes we take a step forward, three steps back. I mean, and, and there's good things and there's not so good things about maybe where where we're headed or where we're going. Tell, as you scan the horizon of of your time, what what do you see? Well, I think probably um, take it in a couple of different ways. Take the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you will, uh, Tim. I think that, and and start with the ugly. I think one of the ugly pieces of of what happens here is sometimes we in Seattle have a way of being the Seattle nice, and and we will see things that are happening, but we won't call them out. Okay, because we're very nice. We we, we tend to treat each other nice. We tend to have um, uh, a way about ourselves that we don't uh, want to tackle tough issues head on. And what will happen is it will lead to even worse issues. I think someone wrote an article the other day, uh, Governor Gregoire wrote an article the other day about homelessness. Uh, and she was saying that we are at a tipping point uh, with homelessness, that we have to do something about it. And it was a clarion call. And one of the reasons why we're at this tipping point is because it's not that we didn't see it coming. It's not that people didn't recognize what was happening. It's just that underneath what we have with the Seattle nice, it's nobody really wanted to come right out and point real fingers and and, and really take a stand and, and, and say – without stepping on toes and, 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 and making accusations against someone, another group. And I think that allowed some of the things that has happened to get a little bit too far down the road that, it, as she said in, in this article, it's, it, it, it's going to take some real effort now to pull things back and to get things back in shape. Okay, the, and, and so that's kind of a, 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 a bad piece, if you will. But the but the good part about this region that I've always seen is we rise to the occasion. In in, in when when something goes down, and we rise to the occasion. I mentioned earlier the Eddie Carlson Award that I had won. One of the reasons why. Eddie Carlson and Jim Ellis and others got together and did things is because they had to create Metro because the waters of the Puget Sound had gotten so bad that they said, we're going to do something about this. And they got together and they put together this deal called Metro to clean up the Puget Sound, to put together a bus system so that people could get around and to get downtown and it could take some cars out of um, uh, the congestion out of downtown and take them off the road so that people could get back and forth to work and they could do it at an affordable rate. They could get together and, and, and pull together and create the world's fair so that we could showcase Seattle to the world and say, hey, look at what we're doing here. Look at what an amazing city we have here. Come and feast your eyes on this and see and wish you were here and to be able to do this. See, we rise to the occasion to be able to attract companies like Microsoft and Amazon and some of those companies to come here 
because when it really comes to rising to the occasion, this city doesn't let down on that. We rise to the occasion. So the problems that we have, and they are some problems. Now, there are some problems here. This is an amazing place, but we do have our problems like any other place, any other city. And I am more confident than ever that this city will find a way, as we always do, as long as we are honest and have open and candid conversations with one another and not fall back on what we will sometimes do and that's to take the Seattle nice method, but really to be honest, candid, and open with one another and have those conversations so that we can sit around the table and work through the problems that we have, I think we'll be just fine because we just we, we have the brain power, we have the the, the young people who are here, we have the technology, we have the willingness, and, and, and we can pull some of this stuff off. I really do think so. Nate, it seems like part of what you're talking about here is a lack of leadership in terms of really just kind of stepping up and saying, hey, here, here's, here's where we should go. Here's what we need to do. And I, I'm curious your thoughts. I don't know if you saw the Danny Westneat column in the Seattle Times a couple of days ago where he based, the, the, the headline was Seattle is suffering from a pandemic of buck passing. And it described how there's numerous cases this past year where no one's really taken, you know, some leaders haven't taken responsibility for certain things happening and that there's this, this recently a buck passing and saying, okay, where's Danny is basically saying, okay, where, where's the leadership at? And any thoughts on that? Well, I didn't see, I didn't see Danny's column. It's one of the few that I missed, but you know, but I'm a, uh, a Danny fan. And so I, I could see that. Uh, and I do believe that there is some of that. And which is what exactly what I was saying that people are known to pass, but I don't think it's a buck passing to say you, to me, buck passing is when they say you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. And they try to pass it on. I, I think it's more of a, the Seattle nice that I was talking about. I'm, you go ahead and, and, and take care of this. I thought you were going to do it. Oh no, I, it's, it's in your, um, uh, bailiwick i'm not going to step on your toes and and so they're being so nice that they trip over themselves not getting in someone else's way or not wanting to offend someone that no one handles it it's one it's there's a there's a poem uh tim that says everyone there was a girl that was dying everyone saw this girl and anyone could have helped her but everyone thought someone else was going to do it but in the end, no one helped her, and, and, and she wound up dying. Hmm. You know, it, because everybody could have. It's a body. Everybody saw her, but nobody did anything because everybody thought somebody was going to do something else. You know, and, and so it's the it's a case of the bodies. Who's going to jump in there and do something? Well, yeah. I thought somebody else was. And so it's not that everybody passes the buck. It's just that I thought somebody else was going to do it. I thought that was somebody else's job. I thought everybody else was going to jump. And, and in the end, no one else does it, but we all drive by it, whether it's homelessness, whether it's, you know, whether it's uh, the, the price of, of education. 
when all of our kids grow up, once our kids get out of school, well, I don't need to worry about the price of education anymore because my kids aren't in college. I don't need to worry about whether the kids are graduating anymore or what they care about teachers or how big the class sizes are. My kids aren't in school anymore. Well, we've got to understand that those kids are our kids. They're the future of our kids. One day we may have grandkids then or, or, you know, or whatever. Then we're going to have to revisit that again. Well, why don't we just visit it right now and make sure that we're paying it ahead? Because we're all it it, it 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 involves all of us. We're all in this thing together. Yeah. And so if if we do that, I think that will stop some of the buck passing. If you if as Danny would say right there, um, because we're looking out for the generations ahead. Yeah. Well, that's that's inspiring, Nate. And that's that's about legacy right there. And and I think we need more of that message. That message about legacy here in our community. One of the things that, you know, you mentioned Seattle nice, but something I've seen the last few years, and I'm curious your thoughts, Nate, is I've I've seen Seattle nice in some ways become Seattle fear, meaning I've seen some things get, we, we get inactive or there's not action on something because there's, I've seen people fearful for what um, a group might think about it. And of course, here in the last couple of years, we've had some very, you know, we've had some, you know, loud groups form, um, you know, we're a very activist city and, and there's, I know folks today right now who are running for mayor, I'm not talking about Bruce, but others Mm -hmm. who are, have switched positions on certain things because fear for what might this loud group say or think about them. Have you seen that? I have, but the thing of it is, is when you deal with a loud group that's speaking loud, um, uh, what was the um, uh, cartoon that was, um, remember the cartoon where the, the, the little kid, I'm trying to think of the cartoon where it was like a saber-toothed tiger, and everybody was scared of this saber-toothed tiger, and they wound up. Oh no, the abominable snowman. <laughs> remember, Tim, yeah. remember Timmy. Remember Timmy in the in the in the, the Santa Claus story. Yeah, they had it, and, and Timmy the, uh, the the elf, but he didn't want to be an elf. He wanted to be a dentist, and he he and Rudolph went to the land of the misfits because Rudolph had the nose that glowed, and so they went to the land of the misfits. And Timmy the the elf who wanted to be a dentist went with him. And but they had the abominable snowman, and the abominable snowman was always trying to eat everybody over there, or at least he would go and he would growl at everybody, and they thought he was mean. Well, as it turns out, he wasn't mean; he just had an abscess on his tooth. And so when Timmy fixed it, he started being a nice guy. Okay, well, some of these people who are mean and growling and we want this and we want that or you're not doing this and you're not doing that and and, and they're being really mean well why don't we go and talk to the people and see if we can't help fix what it is that needs to be fixed so that they're not growling in the first place Hmm. you know it's kind of hard to tell somebody to be nice and to calm down when it's their stomach that's hurting because they haven't eaten it's kind of hard to tell somebody to be nice and when you know their kid has been shot. It's kind of hard to tell somebody to be nice when, you know, they're sitting there and they've got something that's sticking that's sticking in them that 
you don't have sticking in you, and you're telling them, you know, don't worry about it, it's going to be okay, when you have no idea how to sympathize with them. Mm. My mom mom used to have this this saying, uh, Tim, that she used to use, you know, those are my toes. You know, and, and and when someone like my brother, I had a brother, and he would say, that didn't hurt you if he'd step on your feet. And she'd say, that didn't hurt you. And she, my mom would say, wait a minute. How do you know how much it hurt? Those are my toes. Mm. Wow. If I, if I <laughs> stepped on your toes, then you could say that didn't hurt. But when you step on my toes, don't tell me that didn't hurt. Because you, he said, well, I didn't step on him that hard. She said, I don't care how hard you stepped on him. You still don't know how much that hurt because those are my toes, not your toes. Profound. So wow. In this, in this case, we're telling these people, don't be mad because it didn't hurt that much. It didn't hurt. Well, how do you know how much it hurt? Those are my she killed children that you killed. Those are my, um, but this is my house that I can't afford to live in anymore. You know, this this is this is my uh, um, kid that didn't have anything to eat this morning. This is my pride that I don't have to be able to say to my kid when I go to the store that I can't afford to buy that to you, for you, because I don't have any money, even though I work two jobs seven days a week, and I still can't afford to buy you something. The pride and the, huma- and the humility of not being able to do that. And and and, and 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 so these people are upset, you know. And so it's like, well, if you don't understand that, instead of telling them you're bad because you're a mad, then my dad was against me going to college, and I used to think that, you know, I couldn't understand why would my dad? My dad said, if you go to college, they're going to do nothing but make you an educated fool because that's all they grow in college. You should get a job and go to work out here like the rest of your brothers and sisters and work out here, your brothers and work out here on the Hanford area. We grew up over in the Tri-Cities. But you want to go over there and go to that school. He said, I just don't believe that you should go over there. It's just going to make you an educated fool. And he turned and walked away when I asked about going to, to, to college, right? And, and, but thank God for mothers, right? Mm-hmm. So, my mom um, worked for a woman um, who one day my mom was praying and asking God about helping me to get into college. And um, she said, basically, she said, Lord, today, she said, in, over at Mr. Porter's house, and you may have heard me tell that story before, Tim, but she said, Lord, today, she said, I thank you. She said, I thank you for this little piece of job that I have. She said, Lord, I know it ain't much of a job, but and it only pays $25 a week, but Lord God, I thank you for that job. She said, Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done for me, this little piece of car that I got. I know it ain't a Mercedes. She couldn't say Mercedes, but she said, this Mercedes, but it gets me to where I want to go, and back and forth. She said, and I thank you, God. She said, Lord, I come today asking you for something. She said, I I would wear these runs in my stockings every day, Lord. She said, it's not for me. She said, it's for my son. He wants to go to college, Lord God, and I don't know what to tell him, she said, because I've never been to college. She said, God, I I, 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 I don't know how much it costs. I don't know how to get into college. 
But I just do know this, God. She said, Lord God, if you would help him to get into college, if you would help me somehow figure out how to get him into college, she said, God, I would teach him to do one thing, and that's no matter where he goes, no matter how many big shot people he comes in front of, I would tell him to tell him to to make sure that he tells every one of them that the way he got into college was because of you, and they'll give you praise for everything that he is is because of you. I promise you, Lord, if you get him into college, I will make sure that he does that. That's why every time I give a speech to him, I always say, first, give an honor to God, who is the head of my life, because I promised that to my mother when I went off to college. Well, on that that was on Friday. On Monday, Mama called me, and she said, Nathaniel, come here. And boy, when she calls me, Nathaniel, you know something. <laughs> and, and I came in the living room, and she said, did, when we were over at Miss Porter's house, did you steal something from Miss Porter? I said, no, Mama, I didn't. She said, she wants us to come over there, and if you stole something, boy, I'm going to kill you. And I said, no, Mama, I didn't, I didn't steal anything. And so we went over to Miss Porter's house, and Miss Porter said, Elise, she said, you've worked for me for over 20 years now cleaning my house. And she said, on Friday when you were here, she said, I heard you praying. I overheard you praying, and... I talked to my husband, Fred, over the weekend, and I watched Nathaniel grow up, and he's a good boy. And she said, we decided that if he really wants to go to college, that Fred and I are going to pay for it. Hmm. And that's how I got into college. Hmm. And, and, so, and so when wow. you talk about when you talk about something, and so I thought my dad— was going to just die because I was going to college, right? So I went off and went to college. And so when I left and went to college, I'd come home and I'd go see my dad. It, when when I'd see dad and, you know, I'd talk to him. And so I thought he was still upset about me going to college. And then I talked to him, he died. And I it wasn't until he died that I found out what he thought about me going to college. Mr. J.D. Collins was there at his funeral, hmm. and they played dominoes every Friday night, he and Mr. Stuckey and, and J.D. Collins. And, and so um, I said, yeah, Mr. Collins, I said, how you doing? He said, good. He said, boy, your daddy was proud of you. And I said, what do you mean? He didn't even want me to go to college. He said, shut up. He said, every Friday. He said, all he would talk about the whole night, it's his boy at that college, my boy at that college. And mm. I said, but he didn't want me to go to college. He thought I'd be an educated fool. And Mr. Collins told me, don't you understand? He said he was a, he was a black man, a proud black man that couldn't figure out how to pay for you to go to college, Right. What man wants to tell his kid he can't afford to send him somewhere? Mm. What man, what proud man wants to tell his son he doesn't know anything about college? He said it's not that he didn't want you to go to college, but he didn't know what to tell you. So he told you the only thing that he did know was don't go because you're just going to become an educated fool. That was his only thing he knew to tell you. But in terms of, did he really want you to go? Yeah, he wanted you to go. He said he bragged about you 
we used to get tired of him sitting around talking about you. <laughs> and so when you, I say that to say this, I tell you that story to tell you this. When you talk about those people that are mean and mad, part of them are sitting there because don't you think they're tired of having their kids looking at their kids? So, Mama, why can't I afford, why can't I afford new shoes? Daddy, why are we living in a car? Mama, it's cold. I don't have a coat. So, so it's powerful. Things like, so things like that. When when you go, well, why are these people so mad? Why are they so angry? Well, if you don't understand pride, if you don't understand not being able to do something as simple as 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 buy your kids a pair of shoes. Then, you, 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 then it just it does something to you. It'll make you turn. It'll make you go. Well, I got to be mad at somebody. So I'm either going to be mad at my kid and tell him he's going to be an educated fool. I'm going to be mad at society. I'm going to be mad at the government. I'm going to be mad at somebody. But all I know is, I'm not going. I I feel bad for 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 me. I feel bad for that that. I'm less than, and nobody likes to walk around feeling less than, Tim. Mm. And so it's like really sitting down and talking to these people. And, and, and the way that you do it is you don't just go, oh, okay, so you're mad and you want to tear up something. Okay, then I agree with you. I think we ought to tear up something too. That's not what you do as a leader. As a leader is you need to say, well, let's get to the bottom of what you're doing. If what really upsets you is you need a coat for your kid then let's get a coat for your kid or you don't want to live in a car then let's get you out of the car we have been just incredibly fortunate to have nate miles with us today and just man nate that just that story i'm I'm gonna remember that for a long time that was just a powerful story with your mom and dad. Nate is a longtime state and community leader and the vice president for strategic initiatives for Eli Lilly and company. And Nate, right now you're you're doing some some work here in in Seattle. And, you know, we had on um, your good friend a couple weeks ago on the show. He was in studio, Bruce Harrell. And mm-hmm. Bruce was uh, shared He's he is a candidate for mayor of Seattle. He's the former Seattle City Council president. And we heard his vision and his heart for the city of Seattle. And it was powerful. I mean, I I was really um, I I just was I I loved the interview that we did with Bruce. And I know you've known Bruce a long time and and are now uh, coming alongside him. Tell us about that. What was the what caused you to get involved with this right now? Well, as you said, I've, I've known Bruce for a long time, uh, and he's one of those guys that he, that is he is. You start working with him, and he becomes just um, uh, somebody that just you just can't help but want to help because he's infectious. 
Um, he works his butt off um, and brings you right into the brings you right into the right into the work of what he wants to do. Once he tells you his plan, which uh, which is something that's to be um, uh, honored, is the fact that he has a plan. He has a plan that he wants to put into place, and when you have that, then you don't feel like you're just running around uh, with someone saying, I want to be elected mayor. I want to be elected mayor. I want something to do. This is something I, Bruce doesn't need to do this. This is something that he wants to do. And, and anytime that that's the, that's the case, then I don't mind helping somebody like that because he's just not looking for the next, you know, the next job. He's not looking for, um, uh, you know, something that, you know, to make a name for himself. Bruce has always had a name for himself. Um, he, when you look at the, his background, um, he understands the BIPOC community. That means a lot to me as somebody who's experienced both through his family uh, and personally some of the racial things that has happened in this, in this area. When we start talking about that issue, Bruce has seen it personally and gone through it. Family has gone through it. So he has that. Uh, we need leadership at a time like this. Bruce has shown the leadership, both sitting on the council in his brief stint as the uh, as as the mayor here, very uh, very briefly. But he's seen that and he knows that he's been in a, uh, as an as an attorney. Uh, he's had to run a small uh, business, so he has a business person's mindset of how to get in there. He's made payroll and had to do that. So. You know, I mean, there's a number of different reasons. He's been the captain. You, you know, you say, well, it doesn't mean that much, Nate, um, just to be captain of a football team. Well, I've played sports, and you elect your captain because you believe in that person that you would follow them onto a team, onto the field, and you would get behind them. You're smart enough to make the plays on the field as you see things happen in front of you because the coach can only do so much. But the coach says, I need somebody who's smart enough. If they see something happen on the field, that I've got my eyes and ears on that field and can make some changes. And that's Bruce Harrell, you know, just down to that to that level, that he can see things happen and make some changes on the fly. He doesn't have to pick up the phone and call a whole bunch of people. He knows how to do some things on his own because he's been through some things. So as a as a you know, as a leader and as a captain, that's why people get behind him and will follow him um, and, and can lead the city uh, where we need to be led. And I just I believe that in my heart of hearts. I've been around politics for almost 40 years, uh, and so I don't easily get behind somebody and back their campaign. Um, but uh, Bruce was one of those people. It wasn't even hard. Uh, he has a great family. I know his wife and his kids. Um, and have watched them raise that family here uh, in Seattle. Uh, and so those are the kind of people that we need uh, here that are doing the other things. I think he's a good role model, uh, especially as a black man, um, showing that, you know, you raise your uh, kids, you get in there and you do what you're supposed to, uh, and, and that people can look up to, any young um, black boy can look up to, or white boy, anybody else can look up to and say, wow, that's a good dad, you know, uh, played softball with his, you know, with his, got out there on the field, goes to the games, um, you know, yeah, you know, I could go on and on, but, you know, he is just, like I said, he's one of those guys that come along every so often that you go, wow, I could, you know, I could get behind him. And when he asked me about doing it, it didn't take me 
a half a second to say yes. Half a second. I love it. And that's a that's a great segue, Nate, to you know, in our last couple minutes here, because you mentioned something earlier about, you know, passing the buck and saying, you know what, what we need is, is people to just get involved and, and, and get connected and get out there and help. And I'm Mm -hmm. curious, and, and that's what you're doing, right? It's what you just described with, you know, helping Bruce. If, if someone's listening and today our listeners and they're like, man, and I'm, and I know that they're, they're inspired to, to hear that. I mean, it's just incredibly inspiring to say, Hey, let's just not gripe and, and sit back. Let's, let's get involved and let's be the change. What, what would you say to someone who's like, okay, Nate, I'm hearing you, man, I, I want to do something. What, put me in coach. What, what would you say? Well, I would say the first thing that you do is, you, you. first of all, I'd invite you to join the Bruce Harrell campaign. But even if you didn't do the Bruce Harrell campaign, there's a lot of other things that you can do. You know, you can coach little teams. You can, you can um, do a coat drive uh, or, or, or a food drive that you can just go and, stuff and collect food for people. You know, things for families around. Um, set up a food drive on your get online on your own on your on your own. And, and people were online the other day. They just got online the other day. I don't know if you got what I was saying, but they just got online the other day. And you know, you can if you don't join Bruce's campaign, you know, you can do a lot of other things. Like someone was online the other day, and they just said, "Hey, we want to uh, collect some food." Uh, at our church. So bring the food down to the church and, and drop off food for people because you know people have been hit hard with this COVID and so and been out of work and that sort of stuff. So bring food down. You can do that. You can go coach now that people are starting to come back and get vaccinated and you can go and you can coach. You know people, uh, young kids are going to miss missed a lot of school so they need to come from under the virus. They might need some help with math. They might need some help getting tutored. If you're really smart um, and know computers, there's some places that you can go and teach some young kids about computers. Now, join a board. Join the Boys and Girls Club board. Join the, the YMCA board. You know, there's a lot of places where you've got talent that that you can put that talent to use, uh, especially if you're a person of color. You know, get on those boards and tell them about what it's like, because most boards are looking to diversify now and have our voices heard on there. Those those boards need to find out what's it like to be a person of color? What's it like to be a black person, a brown person, that they can make sure that their programs reflect what the community needs? Whether you, and, and those are those are perfect opportunities to get involved and make an impact. You know, you look at some of our, whether it's the Seattle Foundation, the Gates Foundation, these organizations are making huge, huge investments um, in our communities and having people on their boards that are telling them how to direct dollars is very key because this is where a lot of the work gets done and this is where a lot of the change starts to happen. When you can put money the size of of, of dollars that is being invested into the communities um, that we have around, that's where real change starts to take place. When people talk about real change, real change, Tim, starts happening 
when you hear the voices of the people saying, we need some help here, and you have charitable organizations, whether, again, like I said, it's the Seattle Foundation, it's the Gates Foundation, it's it's um, some of these other trusts that we have. There's so many local people now, local families that have started their own foundations because of the wealth that has been able to be amassed here by private individuals, the Balmer Foundation, et cetera, that is thankfully um, stepping in and filling a lot of a lot of gaps, and they do just a great job at doing um, at doing some of this stuff. Get with them and start joining their boards, or or at least be out there that you know to get to, to be a part of. Yeah, sorry to play you off there. We gotta finish up the show here we're done nate miles thank you so much for joining us today it was awesome to have nate miles with us 